so so our innovation like um depends exclusively on on our user needs like as as we see that user needs something that we don't have that's when we decide to extend our product offering hi i'm dana yao your host on the emerging markets tech startups podcast while traveling to over 90 countries i was inspired by the entrepreneurial spirit across startup communities in africa latin america asia the middle east and eastern europe on the show, we bring you stories from entrepreneurs, startup ecosystem innovators, and investors. We discuss what makes these markets culturally and historically unique, local trends, local challenges consumers and founders face, and the opportunities. Let's get started. All right, everyone, we have a special treat. I know I say that every time, but literally we have David Banegas with us today, who's the lead product manager at Rappi. And if you guys have heard my past episodes, I talk about Rappi all the time because it's the biggest, one of the biggest startup tech companies in Latin America from Colombia with around 13 million users. That's crazy. So I'll hand it off to David to introduce himself or David. So hello, my, my name is David. And- Vanegas, I'm a product lead for Rappi right now for restaurants. I am managing the, um, the app for, for partners and started in, from operations and growth and then a little bit from operations and growth and then migrated into restaurants where we saw a lot of necessities and needs for, for partners and restaurant partners. And right now I'm in product for restaurants, basically. Amazing. And for people who don't know about Rappi, what what is the product? How did it start? Yeah, so so Rappi is an on-demand delivery startup um, in, in okay. Latin America. Um, we are a marketplace that connects users who needs to purchase prepared foods, groceries, clothing, electronics, services, pharmacies with virtually or anything that that users need with independent mm-hmm. contractors, basically. And give us a real example. When was the last time you used Rappi in your own life? So today I, uh, I ordered my first, my breakfast, then my lunch, and <laughs> just ordered my dessert. So yeah, three times in one day, basically. Wow. I don't know if that reflects laziness or that you're in love with the product and you're doing product testing. Maybe a little bit of both. Awesome. And when did the company start and what problems did it set out to solve when it started? So Rappi has five years now. It started on 2015. And there was a big uh, need in, in the market for, for delivery. And there was basically no delivery. And the, the restaurants or the deliveries that offered the delivery, it was by the phone, over the phone. And the major issue there it was that the user didn't have any clue of where the delivery guy was. So it was okay, like expect the order to get there and, and that's it. Rappi entered to fulfill, to fulfill that need of things getting delivered quickly. Hmm. So it started off with the restaurant vertical. I had heard it started out with alcohol. What? Yeah, so, so basically we started out as a, as a corner shop or as a, a little a little um yeah a little uh, business that that had like uh, 
potato fries and chocolates and this stuff. And we also added um, a button, which was uh, anything uh, which gave the user the capability to order anything they needed. So here we started to see what were the user's main focus. So many users started to, to order from restaurants. Um, and this way we started to prioritize like, okay, we need to open restaurants. Uh, okay, we need to open this. For example, in this, in this button, which we call Antojos, uh, which is desires, um, users starting to, started to order cash. So they needed to cash uh, to get delivered to their homes. And, for, and when, when this happened, it was a great idea for us because we said, okay, let's do this and let's make a button where the user is going to be able to order cash very easily. So from the moment we received that request of, of uh, cash delivery, uh, we took 48 hours to, to, to make a button in, yeah, in, in production for the users to, to order uh, cash. And in, and in that time, it, it was like 5% of the total orders that have been made. Wow. And I use this exact example, and I'm so glad you brought it up because I thought I was lying the whole time and I had heard it from some article that wasn't true, but that's extremely fascinating. And I always say this is the type of way you should build product where you're taking these ideas from what how the users are using your product and how they craft their product. So I always point to Rappi as the perfect example as user-led user product. What was the craziest thing that someone ordered that you didn't expect in that desire field? And once we, um, there was this, this order that they ordered a, um, a delivery, a courier, because they were incomplete in a soccer game. So they ordered a courier for, to, no. to, replace, <laughs> to replace a person that was missing. <laughs> See, people's creativity, humans' creativity is limitless. And when we companies talk about, oh, how do we become innovative? Just listen to your users. That's right. And basically, Rappi has been like very good in, in, in that terms, like listening to our users. Like for us, it's in order for us to expand our product offering, our product offering, we first listen to the users and we make a decision, okay, it's time to open Rappi Mall or it's time to open pets, or it's time to open, I don't know, whatever. Other, <laughs> whatever you can think of. <laughs> yeah, whatever the user needs, basically. Open a soccer team. Yeah, that's right. Wait, are those actual things, Rappi Pets and Rappi Mall? Yeah, so basically, um, we have, today we have a section where basically we're giving all the needs for their pets. And also we have Rappi Mall, which is basically... Um, e-commerce and it's giving the, the user like the capability of earning clothing, technology, um, toys, and whatever you can imagine of. Wow. You guys are becoming the everything store, like the Amazons. Right. Except you guys don't hold inventory. You're... Today, no. Yeah, today we don't hold any inventory. Is that a future vision? <laughs> we are thinking of it. Yeah, we're thinking of it. Um, because we want to deliver like um, in, in 10 minutes or 15 minutes. 
some sort of products. And in, in, in order to do this, um, we would like to depend on ourselves. And yeah, we're thinking of, of maybe um, acquiring some inventory to make it very fast. That is so exciting. And hey, you guys heard it here first. <laughs> when this comes out into real life, David said it first here. That's awesome. And all, all this is inspired by the people. So let's talk about the market. I mean, they started out in Colombia, but now how many countries are you guys in? We are in nine countries today. Wow. And nine countries, 13 million people. That's crazy. And what are some of the cultural norms that you're seeing in these markets? Maybe even some that surprised you. I know you grew up in Colombia, in Shakira's hometown, Barranquilla. But what were, what were some things that you discovered that surprised you? Look, so at the beginning, um, when we started to, to open our grocery vertical, it was very uh, difficult or it was um, at the beginning was very um, the transition uh, for users to order groceries in the app was a little bit more difficult than restaurants, for example, because users like to going, going, going to the groceries and test the fruit, test the avocado, touch the avocado, uh, see what's the end date of some products. And, and we had to um, let the users know that we were going to select the products with the same love they, if, if they were in the grocery store. And, and this was like a very difficult tendency or a very difficult cultural um, norm that we had to break. And, and we hired shoppers, which are experienced in, in, in picking like fruits and vegetables. And are these like professional avocado pickers who pick the perfect, um, what is not smoothness, perfect tenderness. You know how sometimes you get like a really hard avocado and in Rappi, can you request, oh, I want avocado that is two days from being ripe. Yeah, that's right. So, so basically also we, we, we enabled a feature where we let the, the, the user select what uh, is the perf what what is the the state of of the avocado they want to receive so if they are <laughs> going to eat the avocado today or tomorrow or in two days yeah so yeah wow that level of customization no wonder people are obsessed right in the sense that they can get the perfect experience probably even better than if they can do it themselves yeah yeah that's right that was like the the most um Difficult part, but yeah, we, we made it, we made it so. When you guys, you know, five years ago, did you partner with any ecosystem players to get to your guys' success or this was a solo journey? So, so basically, um, the Rapid comes from like two beforehand businesses. It started from Imaginamos, which was founded by Simon, our CEO. Um, Imaginamos was a business um, where it was a very cheap way of of acquiring platforms and and web and web pages and apps. From this, the uh, Grability was born, which was uh, a uh, software um, that they developed, uh, which was the the way of picking stores into the uh, picking products into the into the shopping cart. And dragging it, dragging them into into the into the cart, and this was B two B, 
the only problem here is that users love the product, but the other businesses were too slow on execution. So Simone's idea was to, okay, let's do it B2C. And when this, this was what this was the way that Rappi was born, basically. Since you guys started, have you found a bunch of local competitors popping up? I remember when I used to explain Rappi to people, I was like, oh, it's the Postmates. And obviously Postmates isn't down in Latin America, I'm assuming. But are you seeing other startups copying the model, competing with you guys directly? Yeah, so, so basically in Latin America, um, our top competitors are iFood and Eats, um, but they we 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 all we always saw them as a as an opportunity to be better, to avoid us falling into the comfort zone, and and to because these type of things they they make you um, run as fast as and execute as fast as you can, because the um, I, I I don't know if 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 you saw the last dance. From from Michael Jordan, an actually series. There's a oh, uh, yeah. There's there's this. There they um, they had this training where the first the first one that was like they did a race and the first person in the in the um, in the line was the one who led the the rest and the last one had all had always to go as fast to the first one and so basically it was something like that because for for us. Um, in order to, in order to to be the first you need to let to lead the pace and the only and, and the only and the only way to lead the pace is to run as fast as you can so so and execute as fast as you can so so basically yeah that you guys have done my god yeah. in just five years i thought it was an older company given how successful it's grown so super super impressive and i also didn't you know, iFood was the biggest competitor. Um, I actually used to work for a company called Hello Food based in Brazil. I live and I got acquired by iFood. Super exciting. Let's talk about how you guys got to the 13 million users you got to today. But let's talk about the first 10 users. How did you guys acquire those first 10 users? Okay, this this is a very funny story. Um, we were like thinking, okay, what what shall we do? So we decided to buy some donuts. And say, okay, let's give some donuts for downloads because okay, who <laughs> donuts for downloads? Want a donut? Yeah, that's right. So, so we went to a, a park in, in in Bogota that is called Birrey, and we started giving donuts for download. So we said, hey, do you want this no donut? Yeah, okay, download this app. And we saw the person download the app, and we gave him the donuts. And yeah, yeah, and this was very, very. This this campaign was very cool, and and it 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 worked a lot. Do you remember how many downloads you guys got? How many donuts did you give out? <laughs> I think it was like two hundred and fifty downloads on that day. I didn't even know Colombians like donuts. I thought that was an American <laughs> thing. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Like you know that Colombia is a very um, um, Americanized country. So uh-huh. so so yeah, we love donuts. <laughs> And and another one was that this was this campaign was bigger. We went we went to a couple of malls in Bogota mm-hmm. uh, where people were like shopping and we and we told them, hey, you don't need to be here. Like you can be <laughs> shopping from your house. Don't worry. <laughs> like Louis, you can shop here. This shirt you can buy it via Rappi. And people were like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
the only part the only bad part was that we they ended up kicking us out from the from the mall but but it was a nice experience who came up with these ideas it was simon's idea yeah <laughs> he's crazy yeah. podcasts like masters of scale and how i built this they always talk about the origin stories and a lot of these initial stories of growth are similar doing unscalable things so this just adds to that list and it's just such a hilarious story that you guys can tell forever so that was the first you know 500 users now to 13 million what were your guys' key strategies that took you just skyrocketed that j curve yeah so so we we had a lot of influencers good influencers we also um did a lot of referrals uh, in the app in fact in in did you pay in, people in, yeah yeah so in fact we are we had, we also had a very good a very good one in in barranquilla yeah. the city manager he said okay it's it, it's it's getting very hard to get um, in touch with huge influencers of 1 million 2 million 3 million um, followers let's get into micro influencers like influencers are that maybe 3000 4000 uh, followers that if we put them together it can give us a lot of reach so barranquilla that is very a very small city it's very easy to viralize like a campaign so we use 10 or 15 micro influencers and and this campaign helped us also a lot to getting reached and to also um that campaign feel a little bit more true like truthful mm, um, yeah that's right so so yeah that that was a very good um campaign that they that we did also wow and this is related to our last episode we were speaking to the ceo of piggy vest and i asked her the same question she was like referrals but you know what i just realized referrals only work if you have a good product so i always say the best growth strategy is leading with a good product And that's how we think about as well. You know, you shouldn't be paying money to grow unless you have product market fit. So that's amazing. Would you see would you say those are were your guys' two key strategies or did you end up paying, you know, ads? Did you do big marketing campaigns on TV, on billboards? Like the the marketing campaigns on TV and billboards like we're not like we're not the principal ones. We did it, but we're not like the main ones. Our main ones were all were always referrals and influencers and of course ads but to point to um two top ones i would i would say was influencers and referrals hmm. another one you're forgetting when i was in colombia i saw the rapi couriers with their motorcycle hats and their backpack thing everywhere so this physical on the ground branding is also so key because people get familiar with the brand people get curious they trust it So that's another huge fleet. You have to thank these couriers are serving as your marketing agents. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it and it's it's incredible. Like I I still feel proud when I go to another city, uh, different to Bogota, and as soon as I leave the airport, I see couriers from Rappi everywhere. So I love that feeling. Basically, must be an amazing feeling. Let's talk about the product. I mean, we already started saying. I was very user led but how do you guys think about innovation so so our innovation like um depends exclusively on on our user needs like as 
as we see that user needs something that we don't have, that's when we decide to extend our product offering. How do you learn about the user needs? With the with the desire button, where we're basically <laughs> when we see something that that we don't have, we go for it. Like, okay, let's do it. And this way, um, it's like the mentality where we want to go because our key metric today is frequency. If a user uh, uses Rappi more more, that means that we are giving him or her uh, a product that that they need. Basically, we want to build a super app that to offer people all of the, all, all the solution for all their needs, basically. And let's talk about that super app strategy. I mean, it kind of sort of came from the West and now everywhere in emerging markets, super app first. So what are some product lines, part of the super app that you've extended yourself? So basically for us, a super app is, is like um, today, it's people have less time for, for, for themselves. So for, for us, the super app is for those users that don't have a lot of time and need help with a lot of things. Um, and we want, and we are not, we are, we are not only looking to provide uh, groceries, restaurants, and, and pharmacies um, learning from, from our users. Um, this way we can learn what else can we provide to, to save them more time. Um, so yeah, extended, extended also for babies, pets, bank accounts, credit cards, everything, everything the user needs in only in, in, in an app, basically. What's the weirdest product line in the app? I would say uh, massages. Like today you can ask for a massage <laughs> in your home. <laughs> Like in the app, nice. like at the beginning, like four years from now, when we were focusing like restaurants and groceries, if you told me like, hey, uh, David from the future, come and, and come and order a massage from Rappi. I was like, no, I don't think that's true. <laughs> and how did that come about? Like people were filling that in into the desire field. And yeah. how, how many times do people have to request stuff for you guys to turn it into a permanent offering? So, so basically, it's it's something that we we discuss once once every uh, one, uh, two weeks or three weeks. Like we make like a list of all the things people are are ordering from from desires, and and like what are the top three things that we that we don't have that people are ordering there, and then we decide like what's the most. Um, a convenient way to do it and if it's technically um, available or not. And yeah, and basically that's that's the way we decide. Got it. So does it feel more like an intuition thing versus a data, heavy data-driven process? Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. Interesting. Because you think tech companies, they're always like, oh, we're data-driven and that's how we got so successful. But hearing what you're saying, it's like we're intuition driven. We are users of this product. So we have a good idea of what people want and it's still successful. So it kind of tells the listeners there isn't one right way. There are some best practices, but there are companies like Rappi that have gotten really successful doing things another way. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a little bit of both intuition and data. And, but but yeah, I think uh, one of the of the main things that Rapid that we 
we also work on intuition and, and because we really uh, know our users and, and we don't have to wait for, for, for the data to appear. And what, what does knowing the users mean? Do you guys do a lot of heavy research? Are you on the ground being a courier, delivering? Yeah, so, so I'm going to give you like a very nice example. And that is one of the things why I admire Simone the most. And we, each, 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 each week, we send um, an, a very massive email to a lot of users, uh, power users, with our personal uh, number. Um, and we tell the users, hey, my name is David. Um, I'm here to help you. Anything you need, you can talk to me. Um, anything you, you if you have a problem with Rapi, you can, you can talk to me. This is my WhatsApp number. You can call me. And this is a way, like this is a way to, to knowing the users. And I have users like writing me like a, a Sunday at 8 p.m. And I'm like <laughs> yeah, willing and able like to help them. And this is a way like not to, not to lose focus uh, on that side. And we also do it with our couriers and we also do it with our partners in, in the, uh, on, on the merchant side. Oh, wow. so, so, yeah. Do you guys have any work-life balance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but but it's it's something like when when we when you love what you do, yeah. I think it's 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 not a problem there. And especially when it's succeeding, right? There's one yeah. thing loving what you do and just not getting it right, but how fast it's like a rocket ship. Yeah. And I, and I think that many corporations, like many businesses. Uh, underestimate the the value of an opinion of a single user, um, because many times users uh, feel a way that they need to express themselves, and having someone that can help you and gives not only um, a safe uh, way to to use Rapi, but makes Rapi very reliable to to our users. And they're basically whispers in your ear about new, innovative, cool products you guys could build. And then you share with your team and they give you all the credit. <laughs> yeah. So there's so much good to that. And in our last episode um, with the CEO of Piggyvest, literally their product was built from a single user's tweet. So, and they've gone to 2 million users today in Nigeria. So like David said, don't discount the voice of one user. It could be very, very powerful. You talked about Rapi also going into the banking sector. Can you give us a bit about that? Yeah, so, so basically we, we saw also a very high, a good opportunity to, to solve many bank issues that users have. Um, and we are also getting to the bank business. And today we have a, um, a vertical called Rapi Pay, where basically it's, it's a payment method and that you can transfer another user money and that they can use on Rappi and they can cash out or whatever. So yeah, we are also going into the, into the, finance, into the finance world, into the FinTech in vertical, if you can say it like that. And we're seeing that of so many large successful tech companies in emerging markets, and, but not necessarily in the US and the West. So that's really interesting. I mean, and a lot of these start with like ride hailing in Indonesia, the Gojeks, 
quickly flock to becoming a wallet, grab the same thing. So it's an interesting trend. Hmm. Were there any strategic bets that actually failed? We always talk about successes, but I'm sure behind a million successes is 5 million failures. So any that come to mind, any stories? We, we launched um, a vertical from restaurants that it was offering very cheap lunch to, to users. Um, and we saw that at the end, it wasn't giving the, the value that, 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 we, that we thought of it in the, in the first place. So that's, that's, an, that's, that's an example that, that may be taken taking into consideration. Who says no to cheap lunch? <laughs> why did that fail? Another thing I wanted to call out why Robbie has been so impactful in the ecosystem. I know with the cash, I think when I read that article, they were saying cash was especially an important service to get from Robbie because back then it just wasn't as safe to go to an ATM. So people would avoid it entirely or have to borrow money from people. So the the delivery part from Rappi isn't just convenience, but has helped safety, right, in the major cities. Yeah, and and I think like the constant innovation of the product is is the reason the, the reason why we keep on we keep on having the same impact as we had uh, four years or three years or five or five years from now. And fulfilling people's best desires of pets and malls, soccer players serving as a third soccer player. That's amazing. Well, we talked a lot about the country, the, the company's successes. Were there any milestones you were particularly um, proud of? Yeah. Um, so, so, so when, I, when I was in, when, when I was in restaurants um, in the commercial side, I saw a lot of needs that the, that the merchants had. And one of the major needs was um, a need for self-service of, of, of discounts and uh, growth. So basically um, in, that, in that time, partners had to ask us or the commercial um, managers of the, of the restaurants to activate a promotion, to activate um, free delivery or 10% off in a product. And we and and I saw this and I said like we need to solve this and we need to get give them the the tools um, to self serve this. So um, when I passed into the restaurant product team, um, we developed an app called Rapid Growth, uh, which today it's called Partners App, um, to give the partners basically uh, all of these uh, tools for them to to self serve their discounts. And today. And partners are investing twenty million dollars in, in in discounts in that that at the end represent sixty seventy million dollars of EMB each month in the in the restaurant vertical. And it all came from you raising your hand saying we need to solve yeah. this. I love it. Yeah. And sometimes that is. All it takes at the end of the day, someone who's willing to champion solving a problem and galvanizing a bunch of the people around it. But I think part of it's also the company culture that when you identified it, they didn't say, oh, this is not important, but they let you run with it 
So what is work? What is working at Rappi like? It's it's I love it. Basically, I I I wake up every day like with a bunch of ideas, and um, it's I think it's uh, a unique feeling uh, waking up with an idea that you know that it you can take it into into real life, and mm. and dreaming or thinking or imagining, I don't know. I, I thought of, for example, um, giving partners the capability of doing cashback, and and the feeling that it, that it's that it um, gives me of knowing that I can get the, the this idea into production. It's it's awesome. It's incredible. I like it's it's invaluable basically. So so yeah, I think like one of the the, the things that mo- like people like of working with Rappi is that. The ideas they have, when they are good, they can go into into real life, like different from other parts that that it's not as as true as 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 Rappi, basically. That's so empowering, and that's why us young people like to join these startups, tech companies, because we want to feel like our millennial best ideas ever. We can actually have a hand in incorporating them, seeing the impact through. So no wonder Rafi attracts such talent, right? Because they all feel empowered. So what does five years from now Rafi look like? I'm assuming you're going to stick around. Yeah, so so basically five years from now, we imagine being a super app, as, as we mentioned before, um, where we are focused 100% on, on highly frequent frequency users. Um, and giving them like basically more time for themselves, thanks to Rappi. And avoiding them all the lines in the bank, avoiding them lines in any other place and giving them all what they need in, in, in an app basically. And yeah, and as we keep on learning what else we can provide for uh, users, that's that's the the way to go into into in five years from now being that super app that users feel they can have whatever they need in only one app are you guys coming north i mean we in the u.s (laughs) could use (laughs) that uh delivering anything not 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 for now but if if we will i i can i can give you a a message there. I'll be the first one to know. Yeah, <laughs> okay. give me give me your WhatsApp so I can create some demands. Sure. <laughs> on the show, you were telling me how you ended up at Rappi. So do you want to quickly last thing cover that? Yeah. So, so basically, I was in I was in Barranquilla and and I was bored from from like the, all the corporation and and that like a market, and I decided to quit basically and come to Bogota to to work for Rappi because I I fell in I fell in love with Rappi the first time I received a message as a user. And <laughs> what what was that like? <laughs> love at first sight. Wow. So, yes yeah, so I was a user and, and I ordered I don't remember I ordered something and like I didn't order like for seven days or ten days something like that. And I received like a card basically at my home with a brownie that telling me, hey, David, we miss you. Come back. And, and yeah, 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 that's right. Wow. You guys, 
must all have diabetes because you're obsessed with sweets. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, I would fall in love with the company too. They send me a brownie. I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, and I fell and I fell in love with Rappi and I said, like, I need to work there. And so I started seeing and I started investigating. And when I quit, I quit, I quit my job in, in Barranquilla and I came here to Bogota. Um, and I started sending my curriculum to 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 Rappi, talking to Simon, which is our CEO, you find him? and in LinkedIn, in uh. LinkedIn, basically, yeah. And I left my my, my curriculum at, at at the reception of, of of the business, and I I arrived on Monday. I talked to Simon like on Wednesday, and I was already working on Thursday. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> So I, yeah, and the, and the fun part there is it was that I was in the airplane like with all like basically all packed up in in my bag, and before the the airplane started, I was like, "What am I doing? Like, are you crazy?" <laughs> <laughs> like, and yeah, but yeah, it's all worth it, basically. David, it's been so good to have you on the show. Is there anything else you want to share? Um. Not quite like um, my my main advice to everybody is to always execute without fear, execute without without um, without the fear of getting judged because today it's very easy to to make a mistake and and I have users bad experience going viral um, due to all the social media, but. And I think this is one of the thing of the reasons why um, many companies don't innovate for the fear of getting judged. But for me and and in Rapi, I've always learned to to execute with without fear and to do it. And the worst thing that can happen is to fail and to get right up and to do a better product from from version one. So so yeah, that's the. <laughs> David, thank you so much for sharing your time with us, sharing the origin stories of Rappi. And we're all so excited to see the next five years and what crazy things you guys end up offering. Yeah, then I thank you for the opportunity. And I'm very happy to, to share all my experiences and, and this wonderful um, company where I work with. Thanks for joining us today on the Emerging Markets Tech Startup Show. If you have questions, comments, requests for me to cover an emerging market, or want to be connected with today's guests, leave me a comment in the reviews or find me on Twitter at Diana Yao. Until next time, 